Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And hello and welcome. Welcome one and all. All in one. Indeed. We are happy to be here. <laughs> we are. In yet another podcast day. Yeah. Kicking off the week with some potting. I love to kick off the week with a little potting. Yeah, it's Monday, 9 a.m. That's when we're recording this. We're here. We're ready to do this. I showered this morning. You look great. I didn't wash my hair, but I okay. rinsed it, which is a new experience for me. Mm, I used to do that. Yeah. So I wet it. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. why. It's okay. It's a little sweaty. My friend was visiting, one of my best friends, and she uh, doesn't really wash her hair much anymore. And she told me, sweat is nature's hairspray. Or something like that. Is she a hippie? No. Wow. Okay. But she like she exercised and then didn't wash her hair and she's like, Yes, what is it? nature's Listen, hairspray? I'm just gonna say nature might need to get like a new chemist. <laughs> you don't think sweat is nature's hairspray? At least not the brand I've been using. Not your sweat? <laughs> no. <laughs> is your sweat nature's sweat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really she is. was basically suggesting that like the sweat just makes your hair like crunchy and gives a lot of body. 
like essentially mm. like a sea salt spray. Wow. I wish, I wish sweat did that to my hair. <laughs> It really, it doesn't. It doesn't well, do that. Well, it doesn't really do it to my hair either, which is why I rinsed but did not wash. Mm-hmm. But I'm questioning my decision. Really? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. But you have we'll it in a good. nice braid. Yeah, you should have seen me contorting my body to braid my own hair. It look, I couldn't. It was a whole scene. Well, it looks nice. Well, thank you. you my arm summary. You know, well, it's going to be very hot here today. Yeah, it is. Just leaning into it, Dory. Okay. How else are you doing? Uh, well, I need to talk about elastic waist pants. Okay. Because I feel like I might be making the transition to only wearing those. Okay. I mean, I'm wearing pants that are, they're elastic, like pretty much two thirds of the way around. And then they have like a little drawstring. Yeah. But they're not like a zip and a button situation. Oh, no. 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 Recently, I realized, you know how we've been talking about things we we don't have to do? Yeah. I was kind of like, I don't have to wear jeans. Mm. I don't have to wear pants that like I'm like my weight never really fit right. Mm -hmm. Why not Mm -hmm. just go with elastic waist Mm -hmm. and feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. have them fit my body in a way that is better than pants that button and zip. Again, I feel like (laughs) revelations that like, Middle-aged women since the dawn of time have made in the 1600s. They were experiencing this. They're like, no more corsets. (laughs) Elastic waist (laughs) dresses only. Um, And we're like, let me tell you about this revelation. But I think it is like, it is something that, that, that you just come, have to come to. I mean, remember, remember wearing low rise jeans? Oh God, do I ever oh my underwear yeah my underwear hangs out of my pants now my high-rise pants that's how high my underwear goes your carol my carol (laughs) hockman's from costco they are very very large like you know they're long yeah they go they definitely go over my belly button Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I just it's so comfortable oh they're great and i yeah i just you know when i put on jeans i like jeans sure but often they never quite fit right on my body Mm -hmm. they're they're tight yeah they're not comfortable Mm -hmm. and i bought a couple elastic waist pants recently to add to my collection i mean like i have a i have at least four to five yeah and it was just like oh this is so easy and comfortable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why am i why am i ever going to go back to jeans and you know what kate yes you're not i don't have to right dory you don't have to i am really just like gliding into 40 in a comfortable space. Yeah. And I'm into this well, for thank you. you. I am too. I, ju- I just, and, and you know what? If the trends go back to low-waisted jeans, I'm not joining them. I'm going to stay behind here in elastic waist pant area. Elastic, elastic waistland? <laughs> <laughs> I just like, can't you see, like you mentioned, remember at low-rise jeans yeah. of the early aughts? Yeah, yeah. We're headed there because right now the yeah. like, weird 90s vibe is so in. Yeah. And it's only a matter of months before all of a sudden everyone's cutting the tops of their jeans off and wearing thongs. Yeah. But I mean, one of the privileges of middle age is like, you don't have to participate. You can opt out. Well, I would say like anyone can opt out, truly. Totally. God, those pants were uncomfortable. They were so uncomfortable. And with like the weird gentle flare at the bottom. 
Oh yeah, you know the jean I'm talking about, a right? Boot cut jean. A boot cut, but the boot cut felt a huge. boot cut flare, and it would get wet when it rained, and then like the whole ankle of your pant yes. would just be like soggy, and it would like come over your your boots, <laughs> your <laughs> your nine west boots. Uh -huh, your imitation fry boots that yep. I used to wear. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Nope. So you know that's where I'm at. Elastic waist pants. I also got a powder dip on my nails. Uh, yes. Which I know you've been doing for a while now. Uh-huh. Welcome to the club. Boy, is that addictive. Okay. Yeah, and I had to do some Googling because I'm a little nervous I'm going to destroy my nails. Slash, is it good to be dipping our fingers in the same pots of powder as other no, people? No, it's not. According to the internet, it's not a good no, idea. No, but I did it anyway. Is that what you have on your hands right now? No, I have just a regular manicure on my hands right okay. now. Because I had been doing powder dip for a few months. I love it. I loved it. I, I still maintain that like it, my nails grew. Mm. I never, you know, took them off myself. Always went to the salon. It, like I feel like powder dip were amazing for my nails, but it takes a, like the whole ordeal of going to the salon, getting them taken off, having them put back on. Like that was taking me probably an hour and a half yes it's a it's a long experience yeah and now with my child and my lifestyle even though the nail salon i go to is like five blocks from my house it's very close by but there's always a wait um it's cash only it uh -huh. <laughs> has some limitations but i just like it was getting harder and harder to fit that in yeah and even though you can go for at least two weeks, often three with powder dip, like the last one I got, it would, it had been more than three weeks. Two of them, I had to cut my nails because they had gotten so long. And then two of the nails like kind of started coming off. Like, and I was just like, I need to just go back to regular manicures for a little while until my life, you know, stabilizes. Until your life powder dips back into it. Yeah. I feel you. And I think that's probably a good choice for your nails. I mean, I don't, I'm not a manicurist. I don't know. As we've established on this supposedly, podcast Supposedly, that is a myth. That thing, yes. That you, I, like, supposedly it's a myth that you need to, like, let your nails breathe. Yes, I've, I've heard that. And also the, I think the, what damages, ultimately damages your nails is the removal of mm -hmm. what is on it. Yes. And that does make me nervous, though, because I, I don't know if I'm doing it as safely and properly as I should. So there is a whole, there is a nail salon here in Los Angeles. This was part of my Googling adventure last night. That is a strictly powder dip nail salon. What? And it's near your home. I will inform you of it off the air. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't it seemed, wait. it piqued my interest. It, it's already piquing mine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hmm. Yep. So just uh, putting, that, right. putting that in your brain. What have you been doing, Dory, lately? Well, mm-hmm. Taking a cue from you, Kate oh. Spencer. Hello. I've been organizing my pantry. Well, look at you. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to take on with a nine-week-old child. You know, it is, but the state of my pantry, and by pantry, I mean two shelves <laughs> on a little... <laughs> you know, kitchen hutch We're thing. We're not talking like a walk-in room. No, with yes. like one of those cabinets that pulls oh, out. Can you imagine though? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can, but also it's like, what? I know. Um, And then one tiny cabinet, literally from the 1920s. Your little spice cabinet thing? Oh, that spice cabinet thing is also literally from so the cute. 1920s. But I mean, there's another cabinet, like one I have dishes in and then another I have some dry goods gotcha. in. Gotcha. 
Um, these are cabinets that were built before you could get giant sized bottles of craft parmesan cheese let's say indeed yeah, right. <laughs> um but i buy a like i buy like oatmeal in bulk mm -hmm. and so it had just been sitting on the shelves like in a plastic bag gotcha. from and the grocery it. store mm -hmm. sometimes it would break mm. which is extremely annoying also i was just like throwing the bags into the shelves like i couldn't, I couldn't find anything it was really getting to be a frustrating situation. So I was like, you know what? I just need to take the bull by the horns and organize this pantry. Now, I see that you've written down that you're getting the OXO pop-up containers. Mm -hmm. Have you purchased them yet? Because guess where I just saw them? Costco? Yes, yeah, story. What? Uh-huh. Do you want me to grab them for you? Oh, my God. Which ones? I'll, you know what, the next time I'm at Costco, which hopefully will be ASAP, <laughs> I will snap a photo. Please and if you want them, I'll do. get them for you. Oh my goodness. Because I saw them and I was like, oh, what an amazing deal here at Costco. But I already have things like this and it was very upsetting. So if you haven't purchased them yet. Well, I've, pur I've only purchased a few because okay. it is very hard to tell on the internet really how big things are even with measurements it's hard and how they're going to fit and how in they're going to fit and what's going to fit in them so i've just been buying like one of the various sizes that i think i'll need and then like trying them out it's very sensible oh thank you um and then i found a set of three on poshmark <laughs> bought those puppies that's amazing i'm laughing just because <laughs> everything is ridiculous but that's i mean secondhand plastic container that's the way to go actually henry's babysitter was the one who found them because oh, she's, she's been helping me reorganize and she texted me and she was like i just saw these on poshmark i never thought about buying home goods or kitchen goods on poshmark i guess they've just started selling home goods so oh, that's amazing get in on that um so those should be here like today or tomorrow you don't have kitchen moths right no, I did in my old apartment. That's like I a had kitchen moths and house. closet moths Ugh. that like ate through everything wool. Yep. But in this house, knock on wood, we somehow have avoided moths because that is a huge part of getting an airtight container. So yes. it will help with that. But you don't. You're not even dealing with that. That's great. No, thank God. Um. So that has been my big project so far. It's gradual. You know, my my. My tendency, my instinct is to try to do everything at once and very yeah, quickly, yeah. but I just can't do that right now. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm going, I'm going gradually. Um, I wanted to try to do glass containers, but it, they, they don't really make good stackable ones. Yeah. They're heavy. I envisioned a world where I picked one up and dropped it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even though I'm trying to you know, move into more glass versus plastic. I was like, I need to just, I need to just do plastic. I think that's fine. These. So I get it. I think a lot about my kids picking up like a big glass thing. Although I'm the one who broke a bottle of olive oil on the floor. So really it's, oh, and really it would be me. Oh. But yeah, you glasses, it's a little, no one wants to get a little sliver in their foot. No. Bo doesn't want to. No, and you've got a baby who's going to be walking at some point. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, dear. Not, uh, down the road. Down the road. I mean, the those containers are more childproof than a plastic bag. Yes. With oatmeal in it. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just thinking ahead. That's great. Yeah. Look at you. So, yeah. So that's what's been going on with us. 
I mean, I've also been wearing my white Crocs around town. Oh, that's true. Any other white or Croc? You don't need to be white Crocs. Just Croc wearers out there. Mm-hmm. Get at me. Okay. Dory, you ever going to be a Croc wearer? I don't think so. But I, I support you in this. I have to say I wore them to a gathering that you and I both attended this weekend. Yes, you did. A party where we were standing most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredibly uncomfortable experience. Incredibly comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, my feet didn't hurt the whole night. I didn't hurt in the morning. Well, I wore Doc Martens. Well, we were both into that comfortable party. zone. <laughs> then I got on Poshmark. You know, it all comes back. <laughs> um, Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I endorse comfortable footwear. Thank you. You're welcome. So should we switch gears a little bit? Do, do, do. Yep, here we go. <laughs> Switching gears. Switching gears. Those were our gears moving. <laughs> yeah, we're going to chat a little bit about the state of the pod. Yeah, state of the pod. How the pod sausage is made, part two. The pod vegetarian sausage. Oh, look at that. How the pod tempeh is made? The Beyond Meat pod sausage. <laughs> the impossible impossible burger, burger of this podcast. Sausage podcast. We talked about, we kind of did a, a year-end recap just kind of talking about how we make this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, a few months ago now. And we've had some changes. And we have. Because we value transparency. We do. And strive for it and are always working towards it. Uh, yep, yep. Toward, toward, toward it. Is towards a word? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. We want to chat a little bit about just what's going on behind the scenes here at Harbor 35. Yeah. So we just wanted to kind of give you guys an update. So what is the first thing we want to share here, Dory? I would say that we have an assistant now. Yes. You may have heard them mentioned in the closing credits of mm-hmm. the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, our assistant's name is Lane. Mm-hmm. And why do you think, why did we decide to hire an assistant initially, Dory? What was the motivation? We were overwhelmed. Yes. Um, we thought that there was a lot of stuff we were doing that was kind of taking away from what we felt like we should be focusing on, which was the content of the podcast, kind of the actual preparation and recording and production of the podcast. Um, turns out there's a lot, a lot else to do. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff that I guess I would broadly categorize as like administrative and production. And, yeah, ish. production-ish work, um, such as booking guests and kind of corresponding with guests or their representatives. Um, a lot of scheduling stuff. So much scheduling. takes it, It's very time consuming. I mean, just scheduling, if w- you and I are just doing a podcast together, that alone often is complicated. Yes. Then you add in if Sammy is coming to record with us, that's another person. Then you add in a guest. Then like... Coordinating multiple people's schedules is... It's a lot. A lot. And so that was starting to take take up a large chunk of our time. Um, so we thought, hmm, someone who could help us with that would be really helpful. Um, Scripts for ads. Yes. So one thing that's, in, I guess, valuable to know if you don't, aren't in the podcasting world, which I wasn't a year and a half ago, is that we get talking points for all the ads you hear on this show. And then we take those talking points and kind of beat them out into an actual script so that 
we are we sound professional yeah but also so we are delivering on what um we've deemed appropriate with the advertiser and so we're actually like talking in a way that is hopefully appealing to the to the listeners right right because no one wants to just hear you like read a list of talking points about an advertiser no so um lane has been an amazing help getting all those things organized, making sure we have these scripts for these ads, also just coordinating all the materials that come in for the ads that we run on our show. Yeah. Um, also, just supporting social media, producing the newsletter, organizing our email inbox, which was a legitimate mess. Yeah. Um, researching guests, Helping us preparing the- like dossiers for our guests. Yes. You know, get making sure that we have bios for all of our guests and making sure that we have headshots for the guests that we can post on social media. Um, a lot of like coordination. Lane also helps um, updating our website with each episode, yep. uh, making sure all the products we talk about are on the website. She writes the descriptions. Helpful. Yes. She writes the show notes for each episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's she's been an incredible help. Thank goodness for us, for Lane. Um, yeah, and we we pay Lane. We pay Lane. Lane works part time. <laughs> Lane works part time. Lane, um, you know, we is local. Lane is local, so that was also something that we wanted. We wanted someone who we could at least occasionally see in real life. Um, Lane mostly works from home, but. You know, before I had my baby, um, she was coming to a lot of the recordings, but now things are a little hectic and we have that sort of on pause for the moment. But um, she came to a lot of recordings, which was really helpful. And yeah. What else is new around here, Dory? We just joined a podcast company called Acast, who are taking over selling our ads and they also now host our podcast. We had been using um, a great company called Art19, and now we have switched over to Acast. Um, and they are also going to help us with some like promotion stuff and publicity, um, hopefully getting the podcast out to more listeners through promoting it on some of the other shows that they represent. Um, and we did this you know, in large part for some of the reasons that we just outlined in terms of why we hired Lane, it didn't seem like handling our own ads was ultimately the best use of our time. And also it seemed like there were probably other people out there who could do it better. Yes. (laughs) Um, And who do it professionally, who do it professionally. You know, Kate and I do not have a sales background at all. Um, And so, you know, a lot of it, we were kind of winging it. Which was, which was fun in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like for me, it was very educational. You became very good at it. I mean, I think I became fine at it. Like we had not, we have no basis of comparison. Yes. We've never done this before. Um, I managed to like make us some money. Yes. Which is amazing. Which was amazing. And like not get us sued or, you know what I mean? Knock on wood. Um, but. It, it was it was a lot and it was starting to feel like just like too much. And also, you know, as we think about the podcast growing, it felt like a good thing to hand over to someone else. Yeah. So we had been kind of actively looking for a new partner for that for the last few months. Um, and we just really liked 
ACAST as a company. We liked everyone who we spoke with there. They have a lot of women in senior positions there, which if you know anything about the podcast world, or actually if you know anything about the media world, how about just or how about the, the world, world is <laughs> unusual. Um, most of the other conversations we had with other companies were with men, yeah, which is fine. Men are fine. <laughs> men are episode, whatever this is. Men are men fine. Are fine. <laughs> but we felt like a lot of times they they didn't really get us. I would say maybe didn't um, always make an effort to truly understand the show or what we hoped to bring to the table. Or how they could help us. Yeah. How they could help us grow. And ACAST, we just felt like right off the bat, got us, had good ideas for how we could grow, how they could help us, how we could help them. Um, And it just felt like a great fit. And as we're recording this, this is our first official day of our contract with them, actually. And so what does this mean for listeners? Hopefully it won't mean anything. Yeah, hopefully you will barely notice. Yeah, hopefully you you might be like, oh, that's a new advertiser. And like, that's probably because of ACAS. So thanks, ACAS. But like, other than that, you probably won't notice much. Actually, I take that back. There's one thing you might notice, which is that we have, this is getting a little bit into the nitty gritty, but the way that ACAS sells their ads is um, a different kind of advertisement than we used to sell. And... Bo just entered the room as I said that. Um, Gotta add something to the conversation. And so, whereas before we would record an ad for each episode and it would stay on that episode forever, now when when we run ads, they're going to be running across our entire catalog of episodes. So when you hear an ad for, let's say, Casper on an episode, you'll hear it that week on all of our episodes. And then the next week, you'll hear a whole different set of ads, but they'll be on all of our episodes. So they'll be on the old episodes as well. Um, so other than that, there really won't be. But other than that, no changes. there shouldn't be changes. You should still be able to access, you know, the podcast through your apps. And in fact, you should now be able to access the podcast on Spotify. Finally. Finally, which we have not been on for various reasons until now. Um, Very exciting. And which is really exciting. And hopefully those of you who are listening now on Spotify are like, yay. Welcome. <laughs> and also like our, our podcast is not behind a paywall or anything right. like that. And and that's also something that's really important to us. Yes. And I also just want to say, like, we're both podcast listeners. Yeah. We know what the experience is like listening to ads. We really appreciate that you do listen to them. We yep. appreciate when you click on our advertisers. Even just clicking on them, not even buying anything, helps support the podcast. Yeah. And just so, going to the URL yeah. tells advertisers that you're paying attention and you're interested in their product, even yeah. if you don't actually buy anything. So we really, really appreciate it. And having ads on the podcast then allows us to make this podcast, to make two episodes a week, just put a lot of time into it, and to pay the people that we work with um, good wages. And to keep the podcast free and not behind a paywall. Yes, Dory, that's also true. Like, and also that is to the feed our dogs. And to feed our dogs and our babies. Yes, <laughs> and my kids, my hungry, hungry children. <laughs> um, so we really, we know that that is a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. And we really, really do appreciate that you listen to our ads. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. Seriously. What else is happening around here? Is there anything else that we feel like is important to mention? How are we kind of coming out of the 
maternity leave experience? I feel like uh, gradually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel like I'm not at, you know, 100% of where I was before. And Kate, I still really appreciate you picking up all my slack. Well, I appreciate when I ask you to do things because uh, things give me too much anxiety. <laughs> Anytime. Which has happened recently. <laughs> um, that's why our partnership works. That's why we somehow <laughs> managed to still do this. Exactly. It's really great, everybody. Um. So yeah, so you know, it's been nice to kind of ease back into things. Um, but now that we've been back at it for a couple of weeks, um, kind of figuring out like how do we do this from here? Um, and there had there were some things that we had been talking about before I had Henry that we do want to kind of pick up in the coming months. Yeah, we would love to finally get a live show going somewhere yes. in this beautiful country mm -hmm. probably starting very locally yeah very locally local in my house so we're gonna do <laughs> that would be very fun to do it I in my house to do a live <laughs> podcast right here in the house um but that's something we would really love to do we both are interested in producing podcasts mm -hmm. making content i think that we find that very exciting and yeah so like not necessarily things that are hosted by us but think we would like to dip our toe into producing other people's shows yes, and providing a platform for yeah. other people yeah um it merch yeah love to have a uh, merch someday yeah gotta have uh all the great things that we say on a t-shirt <laughs> that's really what that's really what i just want <laughs> all well, i yeah. want you want ringle dingle on a t-shirt ringle dingle hit us up on the <laughs> What is it? What do we say? On the jeans? Yeah, but I'm like, this is the other thing. I've like forgotten everything that we say. That's okay. It'll all come back or we'll create new charming phrases. Hit us on the gram. What do we say? Zap us on the gram. Zap us on the gram. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe I forgot everything. That's okay. You have Zap us on the jeans. Zap, zap, zap us on the gram. What else? Sammy. Sammy's still producing yep. our episodes. Yeah. God, Sammy is just turns content around. They are in the blink of an eye. Yes, you never. You can always count on Sammy. Yeah, you really can. Over text, over email, Sammy's there. Sammy is there on Instagram stories. Listen, the best follow on Instagram is Sammy Junio. So check that out. If you have other questions for us about producing the podcast, yeah, hit us up on the jeans. Zap us on, Zap the, us grams. on the grams. <laughs> but you know, I know this is this kind of talk is not maybe not appealing to everybody, but we just like to be open about how this show works. Yeah. What we're doing and why we're doing what we do. Amen. The end. The end. And now an ad break and an interview. Yep. BRB. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. 
get the support you need with the comfort you deserve, and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Helen Huang. Helen, we are so excited. You are with us on Forever 35. Um, I'm going to start by reading a bio. Helen Huang read her first romance in eighth grade and has been addicted ever since. In 2016, she was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder in line with what was previously known as Asperger's syndrome. Her journey inspired her to write The Kiss Quotient, which Entertainment Weekly described as equal parts, crackling love scenes, and emotional, unflinching, honest conversations. Huang's debut is as effortlessly beautiful as one of Stella's favorite elegant math equations. And her second book, The Bride Test, was released in May, and I'm actually holding it in my hand like a little security blanket because <laughs> I loved it so much, and I loved The Kiss Quotient, and we've we've talked about your books on the podcast, so we're just thrilled that you can be here with us today. 
Thank you for having me. Um, so, Helen, we wanted to kind of get started talking about your books. Um, they both feature protagonists with autism spectrum spectrum disorder. And I was wondering if you could tell us about your own experience being diagnosed as an adult and how this then led to you writing The Kiss Quotient. So um, I've been writing romance for a long time and I was having trouble getting published because the things I was writing weren't um, what people were looking for. Uh, I think I was writing kind of uh, Asian fantasy paranormal romance, which is a bit out there, I guess. Uh, and so I thought that if I wanted to get published someday, I should write a, a contemporary romance. And and I guess when I started to think about how I could make contemporary romance interesting to me, I automatically thought of prostitutes, um, which is I guess that says something about me. Uh, and and I so I you know that you think of that and you automatically there's Pretty Woman, and I I had just read Fifty Shades of Grey, mm. which I there's I just didn't think I could write a Christian Grey. Uh, you know, with the man in in the the billionaire role, and and so I figured it'd be neat to to swap the genders. And but then I ran into the problem of why would a beautiful, successful woman hire an escort? Because she would have you know men approaching her automatically, naturally. And and I that I kind of mulled on that for a long time, and I was stuck. I knew I wanted to write this kind of gender-swapped pretty woman, but I didn't know why she would do that. And um, this is kind of while I was contemplating that. Um, my daughter's preschool teacher pulled me aside, and we had this talk. And she suggested to me that my daughter was on the spectrum. And I was completely shocked because based on what I knew about autism, which wasn't much, I, I just didn't think it was possible. Um, I came home, I did some quick research online and nothing seemed to resonate. And I asked her physician what he thought. Um, he, you know, he's an older guy. I don't think he really knows that much about autism, but anyway, he, he, he told me, no, 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 she, she clearly doesn't have autism spectrum disorder. I asked my sister who is a occupational therapist and she said, no, 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 she doesn't. But then I, you know, from what I had learned during that brief research of autism spectrum disorder was that there was difficulty socializing. And that was something that I can really empathize with. And, and I, instead of really thinking about how that applied to my daughter, I thought about, wouldn't that be a great reason for a, a woman to hire an escort if she had difficulty with relationships and she wanted somebody to kind of help her with the intimate intimacy or with the, just how to have a relationship. Cause I remember when I was first starting to date, that was, I would have loved to have like a training session beforehand, yeah. you know? Um, so, so then I started from there. It was the, it was more for the writing side of me that, <laughs> that I, um, that's what really inspired me to start researching autism spectrum disorder 
more thoroughly. And what I found when I was doing this was that there there are books for or and about women on the spectrum specifically. And and I was really surprised by that because, you know, we're all people, men and women. You'd think that it would be the same in both of us. I, I didn't understand why it would be different. And so when I read these books, it was particularly Asper Girls by mm. Rudy Simone. Um, it was very eye-opening because apparently women do this thing called masking. Uh, autistic women can. And what they do is they learn to mimic their peers. And, the, and I guess they, it's – we're not sure if it's you know a, a genetic tendency or if it's due to social pressure or why, but women do this. They – they learn to mask their autism to fit in with their peers. And, and while I was re- reading this, I've, I had this odd sense of deja vu because so many of the things I was reading about were things that I personally do. Wow. And so kind of from there, I had this idea for the book, this gender swapped pretty woman. And, and I was having this, these fireworks going off in my brain about, you know, what I've personally experienced and the story just kind of all fell into place. And, and I started writing and it was um, the most fun I've ever had as I've written a book. Um, And you talk about masking in the kiss quotient. I, I, I remember that's really actually the first time I had ever really learned about it, I think was in your book. And you made that a part of uh, who the character was. Yeah, so she, you know, she knows that she's supposed to make eye contact and she has trained herself to do that. And that's because, you know, when I was little, I remember in school, they told, they would tell you when you talk to people, you have to look them in the face and you should, it shouldn't be too short. It shouldn't be too long. When when you're public speaking, you need to form a connection with your audience and all those things. And I was always trying to remember the rules so that I could do what, what I was supposed to. And then I think that's that I, I didn't realize that, um, that I was so behind, I guess. <laughs> and and came to- oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just curious as you were doing this research, how did it lead to your own diagnosis? So while I was, while I was doing the research and I, you know, I started to, I signed up, um, I joined this group on Facebook called the Autistic Women's Association and they have a, a private group that you can join if you I either identify as being autistic or if you have been formally diagnosed. So they, they recognize both sides cause they know it's not always financially feasible for people. Mm. Um, so I joined this group and I was talking to other women on the spectrum and we just had so many of the same experiences. It was, it was really, it was a unique experience to connect to people like me for a change as I had never experienced that before. And, um, and you know, that from there I decided that I wanted to pursue a diagnosis and, and I kind of had, what they, what these other women had said is that sometimes you go and you see a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist and they tell you no. Yeah. They tell you that, that you're not autistic, that you're, um, 
Maybe you have anxiety. Maybe you're just an introvert. Maybe you have something else like bipolar disorder or it could be all sorts of different things. And um, what a lot of them said is that they just kept looking until they found the diagnosis that they felt fit the best. And and so I kind of had that mindset as I went. But um, the, it, it turned out the first therapist I went to agreed with me. And I was lucky in that sense. And so as I was getting this diagnosis, I was writing the book. And it was very um, – it was very – I guess fortuitous <laughs> that that all of these things were just happening at the same time because you know my head I was stuck in this story I was obsessed with the characters and in my real life um, what little there was outside of the book because I was just writing all the time um, I was immersed in autism and learning everything about it and seeing a therapist for the first time and uh, the the diagnosis and the book just kind of happened at the same time. Had you seen characters with autism represented in literature in the same way you do it in as a romantic uh, protagonist? Had you seen that before? I had read the Rosie project, um, but he was not ever described as being autistic. I knew he was quirky Um and I really liked that. That character really resonated with me. And, and I remember kind of thinking that, that my book might be a little bit like that. Um, but then I was writing a female instead of a man because I have, you know, the female experience. Sure. Um, and, but I'd never seen anything beyond that. And, and, and I guess also like the sexual component, I, there's definitely never, <laughs> in my experience, I've never seen anybody writing autistic people having sex, which I, I didn't realize that was offensive to people. <laughs> but apparently, oh, wow. apparently some people find that um, offensive. Can you also just tell our listeners who may not be familiar with your work, just kind of what your two books are about? Oh, sure. Um, so the first book is called The Kiss Quotient, and it follows an autistic woman as she hires an escort to teach her about sex and relationships. And I kind of conceptualize it as a gender-swapped pretty woman. And uh, similarly, the second book, The Bride Test, follows an autistic protagonist. But in this case, he's a man. He's Vietnamese-American. And Due to events in his past, he believes he has no feelings that he can't love. And his mom, of course, knows this is nonsense. And she takes matters into her own hands when he refuses to pursue relationships. And she finds a bride for him from Vietnam and brings her over and kind of forces the two together and says, you you guys need to be together for the course of the summer and see if you will fit and hopefully marry. And yeah, they're, those are very different experiences of writing for me. Um, but I'm really proud of how they both turned out. Well, I can tell you as a reader, yeah. I am also very proud, <laughs> very oh, into you. how they both yeah, turned out. They were both great. So great. Very sexy. I love a, I love a sexy book. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older. 
and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What do you like about writing romance novels? And what do you say to people who kind of label them as trashy or as guilty pleasures or don't take them as seriously as they do other literature? So, yeah, that's that's a heavy question. It is. I, I, I think so. One thing um, I the, I think the last time I spoke to my brother, uh, he, I w- he was watching sports on TV. I think it was football, and I I don't understand sports. I'm not very well coordinated. And I I just kind of find a whole thing with them chasing the ball silly. And then I was commenting on that, and he said, "You know, this is my entertainment. And you like to read romance novels. I don't trash you for that, so don't trash me for that." And and I thought that was really interesting. So sports are a form of entertainment that is acceptable it's even considered to be nationalistic uh and and it 
does that have any um, educational value? Does that have any deeper meaning? Sports? And I think it's funny that people have expectations of books beyond entertainment just to be entertained. And and that's what I love about romance. I think it is its sole purpose is to be entertaining. It's supposed to be an experience that makes you feel. It's going to make you happy. Hopefully it makes you a little bit sad too, but in the end you're okay. Um, what I love about romance specifically is that it's um, – it's about feelings, uh, about physical feelings, about emotional feelings, and you you have you know your whole body gets involved. You know, if, if there's sexy scene, it's again this is you know when I read a romance novel, it's just me and the book. I don't really, I don't often read in public, but when I do, I don't care. Um, it's just it's. It's it's supposed to be an experience just for you, the reader, and and I like to read sexy scenes in books. I I think they're they're enjoyable. I want to I want to be entirely involved in the book. I want to feel everything. I want to 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 hear and taste and just be lost in it. And I and I don't. I've never found another book uh, or a book outside of the romance genre that really captivates me that way. So yeah, I think that's what I love about romance. They're they're an experience. They're entertainment to the fullest. That sums it up perfectly. I also I I, I almost exclusively read romance at this point and it's just such a satisfying experience for me. So I totally, totally relate. Do you have any favorites uh, or favorite books or things that you've read recently to recommend to people who might be discovering romance books for the first time? And I would say in addition to your books, because they are wonderful entries into the world of romance. Um, so let's see. I have, I think if you're just starting romance, uh, well, clearly you guys have, if you're, if you've only read, you know, literary books in the past, or if you're afraid of books with sex in them, I, I think Jasmine Guillory books are probably a really good place to start um, because they kind of are like baby steps into romance. Yeah, her I books think. are great. Um, but uh, some of my favorite authors, uh, Julia Quinn, she writes historical romance mm-hmm. and it's like witty and fun. It's kind of like Jane Austen, but modernized. Ooh. Um, and she's got a, a Netflix series coming out based on her series. Uh, the first one is called The Duke and I, and, and it's it's just – it's so sweet and fun. I love that book. Um, and another – I love Nalini Singh. She writes um, paranormal romance, which is uh, – it's really intense. So not like witty and fun. It's more like you're going to be in there on the edge of your seat kind of watching all this action there there are um it's just in a completely different world um and uh beyond so i guess yeah jasmine giller julia quinn nalini singh i think those are very good places to start those are great recommendations that makes me very excited for my reading adventures this summer i have a lot to do (laughs) i'm excited for you thank you um can we switch gears for a second and talk a little bit about self-care. It's it's kind of the core topic on our podcast. And 
we like to ask our guests about a regular self-care practice that they have maybe made a part of their lives. It can be big, it can be small, it can really be anything. Do you have something that you do to take care of yourself? I I think um, one thing, it's just a little thing because I'm inside so much and I'm, you know, I'm writing, I'm at my computer. And one thing that I think really lifts my mood is just going outside. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just go and I'll sit in the sun for, you know, 10 minutes. And, and I think, and I, you know, I'm not on social media out there. I'm not on the phone. I'm just sitting outside in the sun. And I think that that is actually extremely healthy for me <laughs> just to be out um, and get the vitamin D yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and to just feel healthy for a moment. I think that's good to to take some time. I actually did that yesterday where I just laid in the sun for about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I felt so it was it was it's such a great thing to do. It's quick. I mean, when you live in a place where weather permits, obviously, our our friends in Minnesota can't do it in January, like, oh, yeah, we can. Mm -hmm. But but just that experience is so nourishing. I don't know what it is about that magical sun. Yeah, I think there's something about, you know, a lot of people working in offices and they just, you're trapped inside so much. And I think it's good to just, to just go outside a little bit every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Can you um, tell us about the new book that you are working on or even just your writing process in general? Sure. So I, it's called The Heart Principle and it is about Quan. Uh, he's, Kai's brother and from book two and oh, Michael's hello. We are, <laughs> are perking yeah. up over here. Yeah. He's my my tattooed uh man with a heart of gold, I guess. Uh I really love this character. Um it's I'm kind of conceptualizing it as as a gender swap Sabrina that sort of mixed with what's that John Cusack movie? It's called Say Anything. Um, oh boy just that uh i i love both of those films and uh the writing process for it it's been extremely challenging writing this book uh because i guess you know there's a lot of expectations um readers a lot of readers have told me that they love him and i love him so i want to make sure that his story does him justice so it's been very difficult and i'm past the deadline. I've had to extend it several times and I'm just hoping that it comes together and that I'm as proud of the result as I am with the first two books. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. We both are writers and boy, is it a slog sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Especially, I'm just really, I don't want to disappoint people and it's hard to to keep that out of my head while I'm writing because it's so easy to over edit everything. Um, so I, I, yeah, I watched a bunch of master class mm-hmm. <laughs> things, videos and, and Neil Gaiman says you have to, when you're drafting, you need to be super arrogant and think that you know everything and that you're awesome. And so I'm, I'm really trying to, <laughs> trying Ooh. to cue Neil Gaiman as I draft. I like that advice. I like that too. That also feels like good self care. Just really working on convincing yourself of your awesomeness. Yeah. 
Yeah, have faith in yourself. I think you. That's what I'm trying to do. Just, it's gonna come together. It's gonna happen. I can do this. It might not look great now, but it's going to. Yeah, it is. That kind of thing. I believe in you. I do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, Helen, do you have any advice for adults who may be either wondering if they also are uh, on the autism spectrum or who might have just received a diagnosis? I think um, for those who are seeking a diagnosis, uh, I think the key is just to to follow your heart and to trust your instincts because I think that you know yourself best. And I I think that's just so important because a lot of people are going to, they're going to say, no, you're not, you're not autistic. You look fine, especially women, because we're so good at pretending. And, and I think you, you need to, to hold on to that belief in yourself and just be confident that you know who you are. And, and when, as you search for a diagnosis, um, you might need that. And I, and I think that at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you're being true to yourself. Um, and for, for those who already have diagnoses and they're maybe insecure about them, um, I've found that it is, has improved my life. I, I don't feel any shame that I'm that I have this label. I, I think that the label is just a, a way of better knowing myself. Um, it's a, it gives me words so that I can communicate my needs better with my family and the friends in my life. Um, I haven't found that it detracts from anything. Well, so, those, yeah, those I, are so I think that's, I also think just the work you've done with your books has probably been transformative for people with who are with autism spectrum disorder, but also like people without it's, yeah. it's so powerful to read about these protagonists who are successful in so many aspects of your, their lives and also growing in so many ways in their lives and having relationships and really living. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one thing is that um, whether you have a diagnosis or a disorder or anything, I think that all of us have things that we're insecure about. All of us are working to overcome something. And, and I think that just the, the main takeaway is that all of us, I think we're, we're usually good the way we are. Mm. I don't think we need to change except for to, to just have more belief in ourselves. Oh, Helen, it has been such a treat to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time, especially now we know you're in the middle of big writing deadlines. So thank you so much for talking yeah, to it us. It's great to talk to you. Where can our listeners find out more about you and more about your books? Um, well, thank, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, and I can be found at HelenHuang.com, or I'm also on social media. Well, I have social media, though I'm not on them currently. Uh, it's like on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, H. Huang writes. Perfect. Well, Great. we will find you there. And um, again, we're so glad to have you. Thank you so much. So, Kate. Yeah, story. Were you reading and focusing and being intentional with your time last week? A little bit. 
Okay. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to read every night. Okay. What are you reading now? I'm reading a book called Well Met. It's a book about, it's a romance about uh, two people who meet at a Renaissance fair. Ooh. I believe I'm interviewing the author uh, in the next few months. So I have a bunch of books I have to read in kind of preparation for some stuff. So I am, I'm really trying to focus my time on reading. Okay. I like that. Um, But it's hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's hard because I'm addicted to my phone. Old theme, old recurring Mm -hmm. theme of the Forever 35 podcast. We've been here since day one. So, you know, just getting off my phone, Mm -hmm. getting into the book, still working on it. But I am really enjoying just that kind of digging in and having... You know, that quiet time before I go to sleep. Yeah. How about you? Did you finish those thank you notes? Nope. Great. Intentions are not meant to be finished. Mm -hmm. They're meant to be... They're ongoing. They're meant to just be a part of the world. Yep. Did you write any of them? Nope. Great. I Mm. like... You know what one of my favorite things about intentions are when we absolutely do not do them? (laughs) Because I do think that is a more realistic experience than when it's like... they just don't happen. I thought about them every day. I was like... I should really write some thank you notes today. And then life happened. And now I was raised by a a person who drilled thank you notes into me, handwritten thank you notes. This would be my mother. Do you think they are a necessary thing to do? Like, do you feel very strongly that they need to be handwritten? Could Could you save yourself some time and email them? Or are you really passionate about sending the handwritten mailed note? I do feel pretty strongly about sending the handwritten mailed note. The problem is that sometimes when I feel like I postpone it for so long and then it's like, I should have just sent an email. I know. And then like three months have gone by. Yeah. Oh God, I send this note. Yeah. It's going to be weird. I mean, everybody also should understand. It's hard to get your act together and do them sometimes. I I think so. Um, I did have like cute thank you notes made up with Henry's picture on them. Mm -hmm. So yes, you did. Which you received. I know. You were very... I got a thank you note from you literally immediately. You did. So thank you. I had like a burst, you know? Mm -hmm. I had a burst of energy. Knocked a bunch out. And then I kind of lost some momentum. Um, Those last few are kind of... They're lingering. They're lingering. (laughs) There's somebody who got my first born child a really nice baby gift. And I never wrote them a thank you note. And it like still haunts me. So thank you person who gave my child cute baby Uggs. Oh, cute baby Uggs. Such a nice gift, too, from someone. So anyway, still think about that. Um, What do you have going on this week? I'm going to make a recipe that's out of my comfort zone, both skill-wise and eating-wise. Do you have a recipe in mind? I want to make a dessert. Mm. So... And deciding between some sort of cobbler situation. I have made a cobbler before, but there's a smitten kitchen cobbler that calls for cornmeal, like a cornmeal crust thing. It sounded very good. There's a lot of smitten kitchen desserts that look very interesting. kitchen is... She's always up to something. Love that, Deb. Love Deb. Deb, we got to get you on this podcast. That would be amazing. I just love all the Smitten Kitchen recipes. Whenever I've made them, they always turn out really well. Oh, they're really the well. best. So I figured that way, I know it's going to be good. And I'm going to try try my hand at a dessert. Also, because I don't, I because of the my restrictive eating habits, I didn't normally partake in dessert. So mm. I'm ready to make dessert and partake in dessert. 
Mm-hmm. How about you this week, Dory? I want to, you know, keep going on that pantry organization. You know, you're really doing, you're charging ahead. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I'm in the zone. Lean into that. I'm in the organization zone. That feels so good. Even when you just get like a drawer organized, totally. it feels like your whole life is solved. Yes. I bought some bins for my nightstand. Life changing. Yeah. Love a bin. I love a bin. So, you know, that's about it. Well, friends, you always know where you can reach us at our voicemail, 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. You may join our extremely active Facebook group run by the best mods on Facebook. Thank you for doing that because that's a tough job. Sure is. Ever since I turned on post moderation. (laughs) Oh, look at you. I mean... That was like over a year ago. Oh, I again, I'm Facebook scares me. Well, anyway, you can join at facebook.com slash group slash forever 35 podcast. The password over there is serums. If you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend, mention us on social media. And a reminder that everything we mention on the show is always on our website. Thanks to Lane. Thank you, Lane. Uh, at forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And of course, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio and Lane Hammer is our assistant. We thank you so much for listening. Bye.